Welcome to episode 551 of Troubadours and Rakan Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature a grand conversation with long-time regular contributor, writer, satirist, and baseball fan, among other things, Bruno Milo. We talk with Bruno about the logic of humanity, irony, impulsiveness, emotion, God, the Minnesota Vikings, the brotherly shove, religion, division, Amish furniture, the holiday season, jonesing for baseball, three-pointers, the power of Mother Nature, some hopes and solutions for the world in 2024, anger, depression, and our little joys, a great, vivacious, humorous, introspective conversation with Bruno Milo this go-round. We also have two EW poetic pieces to share. The first is titled Letting Go. The second is titled She Opens. All of this will be infused, imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it then. Episode 551 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours. Well, I stood stone-like at midnight Suspended in my masquerade And I combed my hair that was just right And commanded the night brigade I was open the plane and crossed by the rain And I walked on a crooked crutch I strolled all along to a fallout zone Came out with my soul untouched I hid in the cloud and wrath of the crowd When they said sit down I stood up My sails were set wing to wing I had a jukebox graduate for a first mate She couldn't sail but she sure could sing And I pushed me 52 and bombed them with the blues With my gear set stubborn on standing I broke all the rules straight my old high school
I took month-long vacations in the stratosphere And you know it's really hard to hold your breath Swear I lost everything I ever loved to fear I was a cosmic kid in full costume dress But my feet, they finally took root in the air But I got me a nice little place in the stars And I swear I found the key to the universe Letting go. The candy man can. Sammy back in the 70s, baby. The power of human nature. What it is, what it be. How objective and just one can truly see. Happenstance weirdos infiltrate my life. Wowza, talk about self-centered subjectivity. Who can make the sun shine? Supposedly, the candy man can. And freedom can come through letting go so that you are more really here. Lessen the fear. Nurture the deer. Excessively accrue A small nation of meaningful objects And they've got to represent me too By this afternoon I'll live in debt By tomorrow be replaced by children How many people rise and think Oh good, the stranger's body's still here Our arrangement hasn't changed Now I've got a lifetime to consider all the ways I grow more disappointing to you as my beauty warps and fades. I suspect you feel the same. 
When I was young, I dreamt of a passionate obligation to a roommate. Is this the part where I get all I ever wanted? Who said that? Can I get my money back? Just a little bored in the USA Oh, just a little bored in the USA Save me white Jesus, bored in the USA They gave me a useless education, a subprime loan, a craftsman home. Hello? Bruno Milo, is that you? Oh, okay, pasta, EW, how are you? Good, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks. It's good to have you on the program yet again, Bruno Milo, our longest term, I guess, our longest time uh, regular contributor on Troubadours and Rock On Tours. He's a writer, a satirist, and a baseball fan, among other things, and my good friend. How long have we known each other now? Oh, it's been many moons, decades, Dec- several of them, so decades, as someone I know would say. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be, boy, at least four decades. At least, so. Yeah. I mean, it only means one thing, we're old, so. <laughs> anyway, older. Old and crusty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but I was always crusty. I was a crusty young man, so. You, you were. You were a crusty young man. You had much more hair back then. Well, I'll just say this. It may have fallen off my head, but I think the amount on my back has uh, doubled. <laughs> you and me both, brother. You and me both. And let's stop grossing out the listeners. Yes, well, they have, it's all, at least they can't see it. <laughs> well, you know. Your own picture, though. Yeah, you could, you could imagine. Use your imagination, folks. Um, we, we have some light fare uh, to discuss today. Bruno and I have a nice list of uh, items. The first is quite simple, right? Uh, Bruno, I'd, I'd like for us to address the logic of humanity. <laughs> yes. Uh, right. Light fair, yeah. No doubt. So, hmm. Uh, the logic of humanity. I have a question in response. Is there any? So. Is there any logic to humanity? Uh well, there's a predictability, I suppose, right? Yeah, which maybe is logic uh, or resembles uh, some form of logic. Um, you know, we're born and and we want things and we fear things and uh, we trudge through and uh, then we we uh, we go away. We die, right? I guess. Do you know where we go after we? Have our, our short, relatively short journey here? Do you have a sense of where we might go? 
No, the older I get, the more I hope it's not into a vast uh, void of nothingness. But honestly, I'm not sure. So I'll just say that. Uh, I don't know. I know many people want to believe that life goes on, and perhaps it does, but I don't know. And to tell you the truth, I don't have a strong belief that it does. Uh, and judging from the state of the world today, uh, logic is one of the last things that's considered when people make decisions, at least on a governmental uh, platform or however you want to state it, that logic seems the last thing. And I think increasingly as I get older, the world seems more ironic to me. So. Ironic. Yes, it does. Like in the vein of uh, Alanis Morissette, ironic? No, I think I, I wish I had some concrete examples that I could give you. I also pointed out to somebody almost every day, I find myself, well, isn't that ironic? But not like that, not like too many spoons or uh, rain on your wedding day, not that kind of, uh, you know, example. So, not that kind I, of like irony. I said, I don't have a con, no, I don't have a concrete example on the tip of my tongue. I wish I did. Uh, but I think it happens every day. Like I said, I think that's the most uh, pervert, prevalent uh, element in human consciousness or the human condition to me. That's the way it seems as I get older. So, what what word did you say? Prevalent? Would you like? It's like a prevalent. Oh, prevalent. I don't know. Yeah, I think I th- so. yeah. It's, it, I don't. I don't listen to myself. So it's it not. It's not. Others are. It's not like a synthesis of of the word prevalent and provolone. Uh, it's well, only it provolent. That's what I heard. But uh, anyhow, no. so there's no Will logic. You work that out in the editing. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. No, we'll have a voiceover. <laughs> we'll use out of nowhere. We'll use Cab's voice. Oh uh, no, Morgan Freeman. Morgan, he's the best. He's the best. Yes, he's everywhere too. <laughs> so there's no logic of humanity. Or inhumane. I don't know that there is. It seems that it's all, I don't want to consider logic part of human nature. I guess, yes. I think people, individuals, probably employ logic on a day-to-day basis. But I, like I said, I don't see it in a collective movement where logic is the mm. driving force behind anything. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, how do we even define logic? We try to define irony. Isn't it ironic we're trying to define logic? Um, don't you think? That, well, that was a line in that song. No, it wasn't. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what is logic? Logic is... Well, are you asking me to define logic? Yeah, and I, I want you to look it up for the actual definition. Well, your own uh, sense of what logic is. What's a, an example of logic? What, where does logic come from? What are the underpinnings logic of logic? Logic is an idea or a concept, I guess, that can appeal to both uh, your common sense and your intellectual idea of uh, well, that's a good idea or whatever. So that's the best I can find it right now. Uh, but logic is something where you it's, it's thought out. There's reasoning involved. Uh, you don't just, it's not an impulsive thing, logic. I, it's an intellectual uh, thing more than anything else. And I think, in a way, uh, I think of human beings as I am, I know, impulsive. So I think there's a good portion of human beings who would join me in that, that our impulsiveness sometimes drives us into things. So... And, and and I mean we we have to learn to resist that. I've been trying for years to become less impulsive, and I tell you, it's tough. It really is. So because a lot of times you don't even realize it until later. So, and would you say? I agree with you. By the way, would you say that impulsiveness and logic are mutually exclusive? No, oh, no. I think you can have both, not necessarily in the same decision. That's what that I mean. Person can have no, not in the same decision. No. Okay. I don't think there's much logic involved in, in something you do impulsively, though 
I mean, I, again, there could be individual examples where, yeah, there is logic involved. So I shouldn't say never is, it can never happen. Well, no, we're not saying always never, just generally. Um, man, I think we're, we're on to something here, right? I mean, well, I wonder if there's a listener going, God, this conversation has no logic to it. <laughs> Probably more than one. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I hear you. I, you know, there's so much going on in the world. Gosh, where do you start? Here in our own country, the United States of America, you know, uh, politically and socially. Uh, also, you go over to what we call the Middle East, but I don't think that's an accurate uh, geographic re- reference. But here in the U.S., that's what we call it. There's a, the stuff going on there is, is mind-boggling and, uh, you know, illogic, in a logical sense. And emotionally, it's, it's dumbfounding. And depressing. Uh, so, yeah, I when I mean, I guess when you're watching a, a baseball game or a football game, we're following some constructed s- set of logic, uh, you know, and that's... It depends d- on who you're watching. Ah, <laughs> uh, who, who, who do you want to d- disrespect? Uh, what team? From what, what sport? Well, my own team, uh, the Vikings, of course. Um, logic doesn't always seem to have a lot to do with things. Uh and I'll say my dad is a big Notre Dame fan, and I've watched a lot of Notre Dame football. And uh, their coach is a gambler, and he takes some weird risks. Uh, a couple years ago, or a year or so ago, in a, a bowl game, he went for it on his own ten yard line. This is the Notre Dame day, coach. The Notre Dame coach. Yes, from his own. Yes, from his own ten. Now it was a bowl game, and you can argue it's an exhibition game. It doesn't really mean anything, but it was like four, fourth and thirteen. <laughs> okay. I get it. You're a gambler, but I learned that day I'm not nearly as I'm uh, much more conservative football coach than I ever thought. So yeah, would you be would you be going for it on fourth down anywhere? Would you be doing the the? Oh yeah, at certain points, but not on my own ten yard line. That third quarter of a game that's still close. No, if it's like a yard or so, and you're a, you, you're a, the the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, you, you would go with the brotherly shove because it's almost guaranteed. Yes, and that is something that I don't understand why that play is allowed. Why not? For years you weren't a, because for years in the NFL, you weren't allowed to aid the runner in any way. That the, was a penalty for most of my life. Oh, really? I didn't know like that. that. Yeah, you, you, don't, you didn't? I didn't. I find that hard. I find that, well, it was. That for was a penalty. Years. I don't know when it became less of a penalty. Yes, that's called that's aiding the runner. Uh, you can't push them, shove them, carry them, or used to not be able to. And the fact that they do it so blatantly and all the time, and I guess I missed it. That rule has been repealed somehow. I didn't even know it existed. Eagles get away with it. It was definitely a rule. Well, that explains uh, a lot. That explains a lot to me. Again, I wonder why people are against the brotherly shove as an option for an offense. And I didn't realize because of the history. Exist. Ah. It should not exist. I think it's beautiful. It's like uh, rugby. It ruins football. Why? What's so beautiful about it? I don't know. It's just that pile and them just struggling for That's such right. a short bit a of yeah, sure. And at some point, the pile stops, and that should also be a uh, forward motion to stop, and they should halt the play. Uh, so I hate that play. It's like, as far as I'm concerned, it shouldn't exist. Uh, well, I just I think it's ridiculous. I think it's we're not gonna, football. I, I think it is football. I disagree with you, uh, and. I think maybe um, this is going to be the wedge that we that that, that ends our relationship. Forty well, year plus. Well, certainly doesn't help that the Eagles perpetrate it more than anybody else. So. I love the Eagles. I hate them. <laughs> I, I love. The, I hate the Eagles. I love the Yankees. I know. I hate them. Uh, yeah, I hate Boston. 
No, I don't. It's okay. I don't hate anybody. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I use the word hate. I'm not going to go out and mow them down. I should not use this kind of language. No, you should. This is satire, and it's humor. Yes, totally. That all should be taken in a joking manner. No way do I hate the Dallas Cowboys. They're euphemisms. They're euphemisms. Uh, Yes, it's just about a sports team who has hurt me. Very deeply over, <laughs> over the years, so that's where they've engendered much hate from me. Uh, so I will never forgive them for one play in particular. My friends certainly know what it is, and uh, against the Vikings, I'm just saying that. I yeah. What year? You don't know what play? Not what year? You really you know? Well, no, I, I want to do it for. I want, I want to set it up for the listeners. So 1975, <laughs> Dallas. 1975, Dallas still Cub- holding it. Yep, 11 year old. Uh, Bruno was watching it on TV, had never experienced, really, any serious sports losses in his life, in his young life, and could not believe it. Was totally flabbergasted. Things like that just aren't supposed to happen. So, well, what happened? What happened? Let me set the stage. Late in the game, the Dallas Cowboys just get to about midfield. It's a playoff game. First round, very close. The Vikes lead at that time, 14-10. to 10. Roger Staubach is the quarterback. Uh, Drew Pearson is one of the wide receivers, I believe. Golden Richards is the other. Uh, it's near the end of the game. There are seconds left in the game. Um, and so the Vikes stopped them a couple times. I think it's either third or fourth down. That I don't really remember. But uh, it's known widely as the Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. And why? Because Staubach said he threw it and said a prayer, said a Hail Mary. So he throws it up, and Drew Pearson, the, the receiver I mentioned before, is on about the three-yard line. The ball is coming towards him, and as it descends, he pushes Nate Wright, the cornerback, who had him well covered, to the ground. Blatant offensive pass interference. There is a referee about four yards behind the play. To this day, what that referee is looking at or was looking at is a mystery to me because he was not watching the game. Uh, and he was so facing. Anyway, he was facing the play. He, he was, was. He was yes, and uh, he missed the call. Pierce, the ball wins gently into Pearson's arms after he pushes our guy to the floor and waltzes into the end zone for a touchdown, the game-winning touchdown. Now, there's about 20 seconds or so left, so Dallas has to kick off. And unfortunately, uh, this game will be marred for many by somebody throws a whiskey bottle some, from somewhere in the stands and hits one of the referees in the head with it and almost a, kills the poor guy. That's a hell of a... Th- it wasn't the referee who missed the call. <laughs> oh, it wasn't. It was a different ref. No. Yep. Well, but it was one of the worst experience in my young life. <laughs> at eleven day, as I tell you, I'm watching that play happen again, and I just you, the emotion I had was like, "What did I? That doesn't happen." <laughs> did the whiskey, whiskey bottle what bottle happen to the world? Did the what? whiskey bottle the whiskey thing bottle but, came out after the kids? But did that bother uh, you too? To tell you the truth, I was so upset about the play. I was like, "Throw some more whiskey bottles." <laughs> at eleven, you're saying? <laughs> no, no, not really. I didn't really say that, but. Uh, yeah, the 70s were crazy. It turns out <laughs> one of my favorite players, Fran Tarkington, was playing that day. And Quarterback. his father died, died that afternoon. Wow. And there is, there is speculation that it was that play that killed him. Get out of here. No, I'm making that part up. But oh, but You speculate that. You. It's, it's just yes, you. Yes, I do. Because, yes. Yeah, well, and, and, and again, Fran- this, is all, this should not be taken seriously. I don't hate the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, we know. We said that. Not- you don't have to say it anymore. You right. do, you, okay. you, you, I will say it one more time. You, you I'm are. not going to say I love them, though. Um, but, yeah, Fran Tarkington was the quarterback of the Vikings at that time, we should mention. Well, that was yeah. great. That was a great story, Bruno Milo. 
That was well, excellent. so vivid to me. It took a, so I saw it happen again, and whenever I tell people that, I do. Do you need a moment? I I, do you need no, a moment? I'll be okay. I'll, okay. I'll cry later. <laughs> so okay, here. Well, that was cool. We 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 hit on the logic of humanity, and that took us a couple other places: irony, impulsiveness, emotion. Uh, and you know, and this great story just told about the Dallas Cowboys and the Vikings in 1975, the playoff game. That's scarred yeah, you. Engendered much bitterness for me. Yeah, and you, uh, quote unquote, hate the Cowboys, but not really. You just, you know, they hurt you. Um, yes. Uh, so that's good. Now I have, I have something. Let, let's just let's take it down a notch. All right. I mean, we're really getting I'll some try. deep stuff. I'm worked up now, though. I have to no. tell you. Well, here, this 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 is a nice soft soft pitch to you. Um, <laughs> it, is there a God, Bruno? <laughs> uh, well, I think I don't like. I said. Uh, that's for, I don't know. I mean, that's such a hard question to answer. Uh, I have a belief that a lot of what happens to us in, in the world is random. I really do. I believe. I just believe it's a random thing that uh, there's just so many of us and it's law of averages or however you want to say it. Sooner or later, uh, things are going to happen to you that are going to hurt you or kill you. Uh, so to me, I don't know that there's a grand plan. I don't know. And so... As the older I get, I don't want to say tell people they're wrong about that because honestly, I don't know. And the thought of there being a God uh, who will warm, welcome me into to heaven and provide me with everything for the rest of my existence, and uh, it sounds pretty good. But yeah. it, in a way, we were talking about logic; it doesn't seem logical. Does um, God supposedly lives in the clouds somewhere? Um, where does he go on sunny days? Um, <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, that that is a little bit like fairy taleish, you know. That that sort yes, of. Yes, I know it's simplistic. But and we but people look at it that way. You're right. There, there are people who are literally, you know, they follow those stories out of the book, out of the Bible, and um, yes, it's a the, little scary to me. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too, because it, it's not deep enough, it's not uh, encompassing enough uh, that view to to deal with. Uh, to really um, sort of exemplify the human condition, the human experience. So if you use that as your logic, as the root of your logic, to address these challenges and, you know, conundrums and, and such uh, of life, human life, you, you are going to fail uh, in your, in your uh, um, attempts at, at responding in a, in a, in a thoughtful a, you know, way that does some good, you know, and often thus it does bad because it's, it's you know, we, we start judging, we start categorizing, we start castigating, we, you know, all that, or, or we just exclude. Yeah. Is there a God? Is there logic? Hmm. We know there's well, that. There are questions that go together, I guess, certainly. Yeah. And I would put religion in there as something that, you know, I think you can separate God and religion. Um, I think, we again, we can look at the state of the world, and I think that religion and the divisions that people find amongst religion to say, hey, we're different than you, have caused most of the problems in the world. Uh, you mentioned the Middle East, or whatever you want to call that region of the world. It's had its issues with religion. And I, uh, of, I think probably mentioned before, Irish, Scottish descent, Northern Ireland has its problem with religion, basically. While people will argue it's over other things, the basic thing is religion. Mm -hmm. So to me, uh, I think most people can do it. You can separate the two ideas, because 
while everybody, every religion proclaims that they love God and that there's a God, I, I don't think that the two always have that much to do with each other, in my mind, anyway. Yeah, I mean, religion is a human construct, right? So, Absolutely. And God is superhuman. Um, so, it, uh, yeah, they they don't necessarily have to uh, be in line or coexist. Uh, but people that follow religion, believe in religion, they put the two together for sure. Yes, and I mean, the Bible is a story written by man, and it may be a great book, but to take it literally and not to think that with the way the world changes, that you can live by the the precepts of whatever century the Bible was written in, or, or it just seems kind of archaic. So I agree. Uh, a tough way to live. I agree. Uh, yeah, and it's a tough. It's tough to live around people who try to live that way. You know, cause if they're in your community and they predominate it, they can really, uh, I don't know, put a damper on things. Well, I have a, another small antidote about something like that. It's kind of a. I worked with two women a while ago who both proclaimed that they interpreted the Bible literally. And one day during the summer, one of them called me into the office. I had only been working at this place for a few months, and she had been working there for a few years, and she called me in, and I was wearing shorts. And she's like, what do you think you're doing? And I said, what? She said, what do you think you're doing? And I honestly had no idea what she was talking about. I said that. And she said, look at your zipper. <laughs> it's not covered. I can see your zipper. Was it open? It was not open. It was just that you could see the zip part of it. It was zipped up, mm -hmm. but you could see the track. Okay. I had never thought about it. You know what? I confessed it to her. I don't think she believed me. I, there was a, there's a little part on shorts that covers the zipper. Honestly, I never knew what it was for. There I is? Were, what the hell does this thing do? Yeah, there so is. I'm so, shorts. And what'd you do? You, well, you, I didn't get in an argument with her because I had just started. To tell you the truth, I was so confused by what she was saying. I didn't understand <laughs> what my zipper, what the problem with my zipper Why was. you were talking about your zipper? <laughs> yep. But that was, she was a religious fanatic. Uh, she quit that job a few months later and moved to Ohio with her husband, the deacon or something, and um, to work at a religious school, if I remember, but. Does that it, was a strange encounter. Does it say somewhere in the Bible that uh, you you know a female is not well, supposed to see a male zipper? I don't know. I forget what the logic was exactly. It was a while ago. But like the Mennonites and the Quakers, some don't have zippers. They have buttons because the zipper is the work of the devil or something. The zipper is so. the work of a devil. Oh, wow. That's a weird way to look at life. I mean, maybe that's not exactly what it was, but still, it's on along those lines. That that, that sort of logic, uh, you know, is what fuels people that are extremists, uh, religious extremists, purists, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, to have that as your driving force, in a way, that's got to be a burden, and it's got to be depressing, I know it is to be around somebody that's like that, right? And yeah, have to she deal with not them. a lot of chuckles, no. No. Um, and she was very stern in the way she dealt with some of the people. So, And I think that's because that's I, whatever. I don't know what her beliefs were totally other than she was ultra religious. So, But like I said, she left after a couple of months to move to a community where I'm sure everybody agreed with her about zippers. So. Right, right, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess maybe that's the answer. Not really. Yeah, maybe I, a lot I of know. people, they feel more comfortable there. They feel safer there. And I'll say one thing for Sounds people. Sounds like a like cult. Amish, no. Despite their beliefs, they are some hardworking people. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
They, I don't know I much about the, the Amish. To the Amish furniture store. Did and you? While they're hard workers, but yes, uh, the stuff there is really good. Oh, extremely. I, I went to one to the one. Did you go to the one up uh, on the uh, the Scranton Carbondale Highway? No, but close by on Main Avenue. So I don't know if they're. I think it's a chain. So. Yeah, they're real expensive, but the stuff's high, yeah, high it quality. Surprised. It's high it quality. It is, yes. There's no doubt about that. It's not. Uh, it's not for I poor people like us, though. No, no, it's not. And no. it. I mean, no, it's for people that are making. I mean, I know, uh, movie star money, I guess, or doctor kind of money, or lawyer <laughs> kind of money, or or high. Uh, the uh, CEO of uh, what are the the uh, bar companies money? You know, uh, Lee Iacocca. Seven thousand dollars. <laughs> Or uh, maybe you just have to be a member of the right, right administration, right? Uh, ben Carson got himself. One of the first things he did when he was in the Trump administration was buy himself a $35,000 desk. He died while, while he was in office with Trump, didn't he? Well, he died with a really nice desk. Is he di- I didn't realize he had died, to tell you the truth. Well, he's, is he the uh, pizza guy? No. he Ben Carson was the... Uh, he was a... A neurosurgeon and ran for president. Okay, I, maybe I'm getting the, the no, other guy. You, I know what you mean. He was nine nine nine. Yeah, he wanted to a flat tax rate. Right, right. And he, somebody had a good line. They said, "Oh, I thought he was talking about price of pizza." Ah, yeah. Well, that's where he probably. If if I'm right about him, that's where he probably got the notion from his pizza years. Uh, yes, and it's cheaper than ten dollars, right? It sounds better, I guess. Right, so. nine ninety nine, exactly. Um, yep. where, how the hell did we get here? Um, so yeah, I, we oh, can't. I didn't wait to talk about pizza. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the the question was: Is there a God? And this is where we are. We're talking about a misunderstanding, different Republican uh, uh, centrics, and and you're talking about pizza. I don't know. Um, maybe I should. It's a rambling sh- conversation. Rambling. It's good though. I think. I I think though it's time for another question. I think you you addressed mm-hmm. is there a god pretty well. Um, how about uh, the holiday season? You know, it's upon us. You and I are talking the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, but this will be airing. You know, for the next couple of weeks. So the holiday season. You know, Hanukkah, Christmas. Uh, what whatever else Thanksgiving, whatever else I'm unaware of that's going on. What what do you what do you think about this season? Is it anything different for you when this time of year comes around as compared to the rest of the year? I love this time of year in a way. I love Thanksgiving, so yeah, I always get a little excited around this time of year. Still, uh, it's slightly different this year for me. I'll be working, so um, last year I didn't, but it is what it is. So you got to do what you got to do, and other cliches. Um, so that's a different aspect of it, but no, I love this time of year. I'm ready for the football games. I'm ready for the Turkey. Uh, I'll be ready is what I'm saying. So yeah, I think it's a great time of year and it, even the cold, I won't mind it. Uh, I can put up with the cold for a few months and it, I know that in my heart of hearts, it's less than a hundred days until pitchers and catchers show up for, <laughs> in Florida for spring training. So less than a hundred days are like right less now, a hundred days. Yes, it wasn't a few days ago that passed the 100-day mark. I, You know, I've mentioned it on the program before, and I don't know if people uh, take it seriously, but you, yeah, I've mentioned that you, when baseball season's done, MLB, uh, after a, a little bit of time, you start, 
having withdrawal symptoms. You start jonesing <laughs> for baseball, and and you do keep do, track. Yeah. You see, folks, he does. He keeps track. hundred less than hundred days till absolutely pitchers and catchers report. I, I do. Yeah, I, I love that about I might you. Might be able to. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, yep. I can't wait. So, and I'll make it through the football. I love football too, but uh, there's just something about baseball that does it for me. So, um, but I love all sports, really, pretty much. Every sport? I like, pretty much. I mean, with the exception of a couple, I don't really love them. But one that I think in some people's eyes have been diminished in the last few years is basketball. And I love the game of basketball when it's paid, played correctly, in my mind, is, is wonderful. It's great to watch. I watched a pretty good basketball game a couple nights ago. And if I could have stayed awake, I would have watched the rest. I don't even know who won, but I was watching UCLA and Marquette last night. And it was a really good game, but I was tired and... My eyes would not stay open. It was late, so what, what, we're playing in Hawaii. And do you prefer uh, college then to, to yeah, uh, NBA? Yeah, I absolutely prefer. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I prefer college so much; it's unbelievable to me. And I, I find the NBA almost unwatchable. I really do. How come? Well, it's just an ugly brand of basketball most of the time. There's a lot of one-on-ones, and while it's changed slightly in the last few years, but it's changed drastically. Well, that sounds like a no logical thing. It's changed in the fact that it used to be a, a league mostly of people who dunked. Now it's become a league of people who mostly throw up three-pointers from wherever they are. Uh, I've seen guys stop fast breaks to stop and take a three-pointer. Um, like, that, like that is illogical. No, uh, there's a much greater chance that you're going to score with the layup than you're going to score with a three-pointer. And plus, if you're coming down the floor and there's two guys on defense and you decide to take a three-pointer, well, there's a better chance they're going to get the rebound if you miss. And there's a good chance you're going to miss because nobody shoots over 50% or very few people, and teams certainly don't, uh, from beyond the three-point range. So it's become an epidemic of everybody wants to do it now. And it was too bad because I love the jump shot. I really do. A good jump shooter is beautiful. Jordan. Uh, But... Not a great one. I would. He's good, but I think of other guys that just were known for the jumpers. He did so many other things that, to me, I underappreciate his jump shot. Um, who are, who are, who comes but to mind? Guys you never heard of. I'll tell you one guy who I think was one of the best jump shooters ever, and no one out there. I'd be very surprised if anyone's heard of him. Charlie Stavala? Charlie Stavala? <laughs> Definitely not. No, <laughs> he was stopped cold by my D many times. So. Any, his name was Brian Winters. He played for years, mostly with Milwaukee. Uh, but he was a guy, he was like a great pinch hitter. He'd come off the bench, and if you needed four or five baskets in a row, he'd give them to you. Wow. Uh, what so team? I, he was, uh, I remember him with Milwaukee. That goes to show how old I am. Brian the Bucks. Winters was around a long time ago, yep. When I was a Milwaukee fan, I've been almost a fan of every team in the NBA, except a few. Uh, but I am a bandwagon jumper to the nth degree on the NBA, but I do it in reverse. I jump on the bandwagons of bad teams. So. Underdogs. Yeah, you're, you're a champion of the underdog. I like to think so. In your mind. I was a Clipper fan <laughs> for many years until they got good. So. <laughs> wow, that was cool. I, I was unexpected turn into basketball. We Baseball, we talked about. Yes, fo- I love basketball. I do. But you won't watch the NBA. I find it. I would watch it if I could stand it for more than five minutes. So I you take the brand of basketball that's played. Yeah, I like team basketball, which you know uh, is more so the NCAA for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, uh, so the holiday season, we're going to have a lot of football games coming up, uh, for sure, a lot of basketball games, too. Uh, yeah, there's a tournament today. The Maui tournament is on for people who, and I guess it'll be all weekend, but you have to stay, they play in the afternoon, so it's Hawaii, six hours behind us or something, so. Yeah. Well, by the time this airs, it'll probably be over, unless people, now, maybe Sunday. The, the Sunday. There, there, there's there, a lot of teams in it, so. Excellent. The Maui tournament. It sounds like something that a lot of stoners would enjoy. Yeah, man. And we know that Hawaii, while not Maui, but Hawaii's had a tough year. Yeah, it has. It has, for sure. For sure. Uh, What was that city that was basically decimated by uh, the weather? Lanai? Was it called Lanai or something like that? I wish I could think of the name. I think I can know the spelling. Uh, but I forget. But yes, I think I know it was one city. It was barely eighty thousand people or something. Yeah, awesome. Uh, maybe less than that. I mean, yeah, it was destroyed and uh, horrible. What can you do? And uh, it just shows the power of Mother Nature. It does. And I shouldn't laugh. And who's really the boss? So yeah. we can do all these things to try and stem it, and we do. But in the end, we're devastated by hurricanes, even. Uh, uh, you know, when so much snow comes, the the uh, blizzard. So Mother Nature is really the boss. So, yeah, you know that that's for sure. And I and, and uh, it reminds me of two people that <laughs> I've one I've read, uh, one I've talked with on the show, who who made references to the power of nature, uh, as you just did. Uh, Peter McGough, um, a very uh, well regarded um, painter, uh, as well as photographer. Uh, he he uh, and and memoirist. He said to me one time that the only thing that really has power and has the ultimate power is nature, Mother Nature, just like you basically said. And the other person is Walt Whitman in Leaves of Grass. He basically alludes to that as well. You know the 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 power and the su- superiority uh, in many regards. And I'm probably not doing his intention justice of mother nature. So yeah, you're in the the category of Walt Whitman and Peter McGough, Bruno Milo in my mind today with regard to mother nature. Well, that's a nice company to be in. And, uh, it, it humbles us in an instant and it's unbelievable. It is. It is. And, and I guess us aging as human creatures, that's mother nature, right? Uh, and and for for sure, as you age, you start getting a little humbled by uh, you know when you realize that you don't, you're not eternal. <laughs> you know? No, no, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, maybe your, maybe our spirits. I don't know. But that that brings us back to where we started today. Um, well, how about some ideas about hopes you know that you might have and, and solutions for the world in 2024, Bruno Milo. Uh, I wish I could offer some solutions. Uh, I don't know what... Uh, I think some of the things that our president has done as far as foreign policy are the correct things to do. I mean, we, no one wants to think about wars and, and what happens during war, but sometimes they happen, and I believe that he's doing the right thing, uh, supporting Ukraine. I think that we are an ally of Israel, and he's doing the right thing as allies do, but it, it's a much murkier situation for just about everyone myself included it's not totally black and white there as far as i see it so um anyway that's a whole different thing there's no doubt my hope is that maybe things in the world will get a little bit better somehow there are signs poverty is decreasing across the world more people can read than ever before there are good things out there hunger 
is lessened than it was before, though the pandemic may have changed that slightly. Uh, there are good things happening. We shouldn't forget that. The world isn't all about misery. I think often the misery is highlighted, but we all have our own little joys, too. And we can always have that with the holidays coming. Hey, it's a joyful time. I know you have a large family, and uh, it'll be good to see them. I hope they all are there for the holidays with you. I know you're one. Uh, maybe both older children are out of town now. So, uh, Lorenzo is out of town. He's on tour. and uh, Yeah. Uh, Kiata, no, Kiata's here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm... and of course the little ones will all be there, unless you're kicking them out again. Put them <laughs> on the street. Watch it, satirist. You eat outside this year again. <laughs> no, that's the... where the kids' table is in the garage. <laughs> yeah, here, just give them a twelve-pack of soda; they'll be fine. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they would. Yes, a little uh, cake. But that, thank you for all, all the kind words and uh, and uh, also you know those those hopeful thoughts. Uh, solutions, um, they they're they're not so easy to come come to. No, but it's not. It's so complicated. You're right about our little joys, though, and and how we can't overlook those. You know, and that's what nurtures us, and maybe will remind us of of what a better, healthier approach to to uh, addressing the real challenges we face could be, or, or you know, and uh, if we just get caught up in bitterness and and depression, you know. That that does not translate into good behavior, and it's it's not sustainable. You know, if you're going to be a, a you're going to live a good life, right? Yeah, it's a tough way to live. Uh, to always be angry or and to feel depressed, uh, and actually the lack of feeling, but to have that is a cloud over you. It's horrible. So uh, people do it happens, and it's but, hard. Yeah, it's you know, harder. it can it can be changed though. You can come out of depression, and there's so many remedies and things you can do with. Uh, sometimes it's a seasonal thing too. So yeah, but there are, like we said, there are so many good things that you can revel in and take and just appreciate the small things, especially if you have children like yourself or whatever. They give you joy, I think, at no matter what age they are. So um, that's the way it seems. Um, I have a father who considers me a child, and believe me, I'm no child. Though a lot of people think I'm immature, and I wouldn't disagree. Uh, but you know. It's a, in a way, our relationship has become so much richer in the last few years. So you and your dad, um, yeah, yeah, yep. So, and I know that would make my mother happy. So, uh, yeah, in a way, and so that's a, that's a thing I take uh, some joy in. So, the, the f- and little things like that, I just try and appreciate the little things. So. Yeah, your family. Going for a bike ride, going for a walk. Yeah, your family, your friends. Your friends, yeah. I'm happy and thankful that you're my friend, my friend. Likewise, likewise. So, and, uh, you know, and you can't dwell on all the bad things. That, that'll that certainly depress you or, or make you angry. I, and then you go out and shoot up a schoolyard. Again, satire. I'm suggesting that. Yes, totally. I'm not suggesting well, anyone do that. But that stuff does occur. No, we, we're totally it against does. that, it obviously. It does. We're yes, saying, and it's, I'm, we're I'm, saying that's I what. I can't ha- stress it enough. Our society I, I, is is obviously in, uh, ailing for because that happens is. too it's, much in our, in our society. Uh, yes, absolutely. There's something wrong. It just happened today again. Happened. I yes. saw on the new. Uh, I saw on the news. You know, it's happened every day. It's almost an everyday occurrence. There's something wrong with us. There really is uh, that that happens, and I don't know how you stop it. The only people I think they can stop it are the ones who perpetrated it uh, and who perpetrated. So I don't know. And you really get to talk to the ones that do it. Because 
they all seem to kill themselves at the end. So. Well, yeah, because you know they're they're sick. Obviously, you know they're not happy. They they're twisted. And um, well, then I mean, if they just want to commit suicide, then kill yourself. You don't have to take twelve other people with you. Yeah, but we don't want anybody to kill themselves either. I don't want it. No, again, I mean, if anyone takes that literally, uh, yeah, you don't have that kind I'm of. I'm sorry, you don't have that. No, kind I know. Of I shouldn't anyway. No, uh, but I, I get I get your your frustration, you know, uh, because I think that's a good word for it. Yeah. When you see mass shootings, they're so pointless. Going back to where we started today, logic, you know, is there there's a God? Not in no, and and that and God wouldn't be if there's a God. Why would a God allow that? You know, well, that's free will. Uh, that's yeah. the, that's what a lot of people will tell you. That's free will. So. Yeah, well, if a uh, God is superior to us, and and then they they got to step in. <laughs> you know, I, when our free will know, is being exercised in, so terribly. But that's what people, you know, that are they believe they're they're tools of God. That's what they do. They, that's their justification to try to control it. So it's a, it, you know, God. It just keeps it keeps going around and around. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, God thing. So, and it can go both ways, like you said. So. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's quite the question. I don't think there's no real answer to it that's been available to us. So what was the question? Always, I think it, uh, is there a God? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever answered it. We don't really know. Uh, back in the early days of the Bible, he was always intervening, uh, making them. I've never seen a burning bush outside <laughs> of a house fire. Uh, no one's ever parted the Lackawanna river for me. So, uh, you're and other things, I have a little. Yes, absolutely. I think they're just stories. Well, Bruno Milo, I think that's a good place for us to to uh, pause <laughs> our conversation this go around. All right, EW, I thank you for your time. So. Oh, are you kidding me? This was wonderful. I have a lot to reflect on now. I wish you the best of uh, the holiday season, and let's make a point to get together. Okay. Oh, we should. Yes, likewise. Yeah, we should all get together for the holidays. I agree. And uh, we'll give, I'll give you a call. All right, man. Take care, brother. On the phone, of course. All right. <laughs> you too. Ciao. Bye. Everything, everything for granted
been this way forever Well, at least until tomorrow When I come to see you Crying hallelujah Eyes You can't let them know She opens. Butterfly flowers, yellow and orange and white and purple. And the grapevine leaves are big, symmetrical, and brown. The family walked through them year after year, from season through season, light green, dark green, to yellow and then crunchy, rustling in the hilltop breeze. I can hear a sneeze in the distance as she opens a screen door on a back porch into dusk light with various sounds of neighborhood, human-coordinated community, natural in life and whimsy.
And there you have it, episode 551 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our good friend, Bruno Milo, and these musical artists, Thelonious Monk, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, Father John Misty, The Arks, Shannon Moser, Branford Marsalis, and Terrence Blanchard, too. And of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care of yourself.